0: it's around the house hey guys here g from around the house we have a great show to give you today it is going to be my favorite interviews of 2023 the movers the shakers the people that had something to say and we'll be doing a new interview every single segment so each hour that's four of them and hey if you got any questions for us feel free to give me a call 833-239-4144 that's 833-239-4144 and you'll end up in a future episode of the show. Now, we have got some great people to talk to and you'll hear them each and every segment. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's have some fun. It's been a great year. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you coming. This is Around
1: the House.
0: Welcome to Around the House show. This is where we talk about everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. I've got a buddy on here that we have been talking about this for, I don't know how many years. we have seen him out there as Mechanical Hub. He is on like the new build network. I don't know, every time I turn on social media, he's out there. Eric Connie, welcome finally to Around the House, my friend.
2: Thank you for having me. This is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Man, this is gonna be great. This is great. And man, you just own that space out there and the plumbing mechanical. And I just absolutely
2: love that. What's new out there, brother? I mean, you're doing everything. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know about owning it. <laughs> just playing and having fun. <laughs> it's cool to share fun information. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. Started on social media with Mechanical Hub stuff about 10 years ago, and it just seems like finally, you know, it's really paid off. Spending all that time posting those dumb videos or memes and things like that and just sharing information to whoever wants to pay attention, I guess.
0: Well, and that's awesome because I mean, I was down there at Design and Construction Week and I sit down on the media table and I see you there and or I see your crew there and I'm like, man, he's got people. How cool is that?
2: <laughs> oh man, it's so it is actually cool. Thank you. <laughs> I think so too. You know, it's so neat to to um have built things up to a point where, <clears throat> you know, social media can be fun, it can be useful, but it's turned into a business for us because we've just been able to create partnerships all over the country, different industries to produce content that is hopefully professional and useful enough for an audience that we have built up. And yeah, there's kind of a, a little tiny crew, like I'd call it that.
0: <laughs> hey, man, it's help is
2: awesome. I mean, it's it's
0: it's amazing. And I know the public out there doesn't see what it takes to put together, like, your social media content. I mean, you guys are always cranking up videos, but it's just not somebody standing around on the phone and, and plugging it in. You guys have a, a good-sized production going for even the simple stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, do, it takes a lot of time. Uh, we're We're even expanding the crew because, you know, up until now, it's always just been in-house. Like, I've edited every video you've ever seen with my face or name on it, you know, things like that. And as we expand and we look at what we can do, what we how we can share information, you know, everything we produce really is the intended for like the the professional side of things. Sure. But, you know, we're ignoring an entire audience that, you know, has potential to that we could possibly create a space with like diy and sharing although there's a lot of crossover on you know because of social media sure but we're not producing content specifically for like hey um mr and mrs smith you're gonna do your bathroom this is how me as a plumber would approach you know what i'm gonna look at if you have us come out and, and give you a proposal on the project or something like that yeah
0: no, totally. But it, it, you're right, though. The crossover gets out there so much. And, and I actually love checking in with you to see what the latest plumbing tools are out there, whether or not I'm going to use them or not. You know, I'm always like, oh, cool. What's Milwaukee came out? with? Yeah. What's rigid come out with? What's going on? Right.
2: Isn't it crazy how like literally you, we I just posted a video the other day and it's a it's a full size drain cleaning machine like this is a professional multi thousand dollar cost tool that is has been tested for, you know, a couple years now that's put out into the industry for the professional and it runs on a battery. Like, right? Everything I don't I joked the other day because I was on a job site and the tile contractor accidentally he ruined one of his his cords that was plugged into his grinder and I joked to him I'm like, "Wait, what Your, do you gr- have that for? Your grinder has a tail on it. What in the world is that? It, why don't you have a battery, <laughs> battery powered And He's like, ah, oh, because I'm I'm never charging my batteries and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, he says, do you have a cord? And I, and I said, honestly. I'm not sure if I do. So I went out to the van and I actually had a cord. It was still wrapped in its cardboard sleeve and and zip ties (laughs) right from right from like Home Depot or something that I bought it like two years ago. It was shoved under a box on a shelf. And like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the state of of how we exist out on the job sites now. Like everything we do, if it if it's powered and it's related to plumbing and HVAC, it's probably cordless.
0: And what's cool is is and people there's a lot of people out there that are the haters of the battery world out there. I am definitely not one of them. But until you actually see it and test it, you really don't notice that that battery puts out more power because they can actually use the little computers inside to direct the amps to outperform what a plugged in tool's going to do and it's amazing how they can do that.
2: Yeah, they can make the mo- so DC motors in general are smaller. Uh, they yep. they have more potential energy. And so the stored energy in a DC, you know, battery like these lithium batteries. Now there's some kind of new technology out there. I don't know anything about it. I don't remember what it's called, but like there's just so much power available. And like you said, it's all about that electronic side of things because electronics yeah. have been in tools, but mostly they're really just on off. And now they're yeah. saying, you know, directing power and utilizing the battery to its fullest potential
0: yeah it's crazy i think i saw that uh, new one you came out with that was that uh, chain auger or whatever that thing was that drain cleaner that was super cool that was battery powered i'm like how is that big battery how's that thing running off a you know an m18 milwaukee battery
2: right right well we can thread pipe now uh just today i got uh, some information and some pictures i haven't used it myself because it's not available yet but for hvac work uh which i do as well like for sure. mini split systems and stuff like that, they have a, now have a battery powered vacuum pump for, refri- you know, for, for refrigerants pumping down. Yeah. yeah. And so like on a small system, if I'm just going to go out to your place, we're going to put a mini split in your garage and, you know, cause you like, I can't use it for a studio or anything. We can do that job. We can do the whole install and then I can do like, none of it's going to require a cord, you know, <laughs> it seems novel at the, at, at you know from the face of it but a lot of people are interacting already on that post uh on my instagram saying well I, you know that's not going to work for me and stuff and i think if you just stop and think about every job we do there's an application for something like this like it doesn't sure you know just because you've done something a certain way for 20 years doesn't mean you've been doing it the right way for 20 years you know Dude, so like- that's my favorite line is
0: i've been doing it let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, the haters out there. I've been doing it this way for 30 years. And you just kind of have to in your head go,
2: sorry, brother, you've been doing it wrong for 30 years. I know. I know. You know, another side of that coin too, is like a lot of people, like I look back. So as a plumber, uh, in order to get my license and everything, I had to do an apprenticeship. Sure. And I have fond memories of the people that taught me like, this trade. And I was so lucky to work for people that were so nice and like very smart and very skilled. And so looking back all the, you know, I've been a plumber for 25 years now. So a little while I look back and I, I, like I said, fond memories of these guys and stuff. But like, if, if I were to learn now today that I would, I was taught something that incorrectly, like, let's just say it was wrong. And like, or there was just a, a very much better way of doing it. Sure. I would have to look back all the way to the guy who taught me and think, Huh. I mean, I thought at the time it was right, but I guess maybe he was wrong. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I get there's like it's it's like an emotional attachment to. Well, I've done it for this way for so long, you know, what's wrong with that? And I think I don't know. Anytime somebody makes my job a little easier or a little safer or just like a little faster, but I didn't have to do anything more to achieve that, I think that isn't that a good thing, right? <laughs> It should be a know. good
0: thing. And it's, oh yeah, I mean, I get, like you do, you know, the bigger you get, the more haters you get out there, right? I mean, it just yeah. seems like a scale. There's a percentage out there of those of those people that always like to tear people down, but don't go anywhere around the house. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk about everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. I am still down here in Las Vegas at the Design and Construction Week. This is a combination of the International Builder Show, Kitchen and Bath Industry Show, and even this year, the National Hardware Show. So this is the one place in the world you gotta be if you're doing anything around your home. And I'm in one of my favorite booths with one of my absolutely favorite people. I'm sitting here in the Bro New booth where we are gonna talk about ventilation today, and so much more stuff. Dave, welcome back to Around the House, my friend. Thanks,
3: thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Ah, this is great. Man, you guys, again are changing the
3: rules of ventilation again. We are changing the rules of ventilation. Uh, yeah, innovation's are our game this year. I, I think it's incredible what, what we've been able to come up with and just the advances and changes. I mean, we're we're all talking about it, right? Yeah. It's been in the news for years now. And I mean, just the other day, we had another big news splash. Uh, and you can be on any side of the fence on that you want to, but holy cow. Let's unpack Let's unpack it. We're just going to dive in. Let's I go, love it.
0: We're just going in knee deep here. You know, the gas range ban, and I'm using air quotes that nobody can see right yep. now, is one of those things that... Um, really got me fired up because I'm like, okay, and you probably feel the same way, but I look at it and go, we have a ventilation issue. Yes. This is not just a gas range issue. Correct. There, sure, there could be gas ranges that are leaking. There could yep. be anything else. Yep. But that is such a small part of the ventilation problem yep. compared to everything else that's coming up in your air. Yeah,
3: well, 100%. Yeah, I mean, anything you cook on your gas range, on your electric range, you could have a wood-burning range. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. There's something going into the air off of your range. You're. We were talking earlier, you know, you're frying your country-fried steak or whatever yeah. it is, right? That's, that's emitting oil and and smoke and all sorts of other things in the air that you can't see and you're breathing right in. Without that that range hood getting that out, you're gonna run into a lot of problems. So we don't care. Like no. use whatever range you like, whatever, wherever you're at, keep it, use it, right? We love it. Think
0: about this. When you walk into grandmother's house and you have that cookie smell.
3: Oh yeah. We
0: all love mm-hmm. that. It's awesome, but that's really not healthy. It's kind of like new new car yeah. smell, right? You go, oh, this is great. Uh-oh. Oh, these VOCs smell oh, so amazing, and the VOCs coming off the leather, I love it. Yep, these aren't really supposed to be good smells no. for us. In
3: fact, uh, you should be able to walk into your house and smell absolutely nothing. I don't know if, if your listeners know who Christoph Irwin is. Uh, he's he's based in Atlanta, and he's got the um, anyway. Yeah. Brilliant guy, uh, and he and I were talking about it. And he said, Yeah, e- e- good smells, bad smells, it doesn't matter. A smell is a sign that there's something in your air that shouldn't be there. So, yeah. yes, baking cookies, like, please, I wanted, but know that, like, that's not good. If you've got little kids, like, they're breathing these fumes. Like, this is not good. We should get rid of that. Uh, you know, take them outside and smell them.
0: Yeah. Maybe. There we go. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, better. Yeah, okay, sure. I mean, if they're in front of you, you smell them. I mean, the spot, you are. It's right? yeah. it. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. But,
0: you know, that's the thing. And it's, it's such a misconception out there. Yeah. And I mean, we have legislation issues out there in certain states, sure. because my personal belief is that every house should have a working ventilation hood that yes. goes outside the building. Yes. And I don't understand that even in my state where they, if I do a rebuttal and I pull a building permit, guess what? That has to be a hood that vents outside. Yep. I could still go into a home center
3: yep. and, and buy a they, recirculating. Will, they will go, hey, well,
0: don't, don't worry about that duct. I'm going to give you a recirculating one. And I'm like, you know, a recirculating hood is about as smart as a recirculating toilet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're not getting anywhere. I mean, for the most part, yeah. I, I think we'd argue that if, if, if you've got to have one, maybe live in an apartment, and yeah. that's your best option. Make sure you're changing that filter. Make sure you're, you're treating that right. But then find another way to ventilate the house. Yeah. If you don't have that hood, which you should, it's the right way to do it. Yeah. A hood that ventilates out. I get it. Sometimes you can't do it. Make sure you have something else. Run your bath fan, right? We don't think about that. Small apartment. Oh, yeah. Like Usually a small apartment's not going to have a vented range hood. It's going to have a recirculating. But run your bath fan. That's going to be ventilated out. Code requires that everywhere. Absolutely thing basically as a, as a recirculating bath fan, right? No. So run it, crack a window if you can. Not the best scenario. You're bringing in whatever's outside, but it's probably better than whatever's coming off your range. Man, probably better.
0: Absolutely. And bath fans are a great example of that because I use them for ventilation in my house because that's one of my next steps is, uh, and I just created my own uh, fresh air intake problem at my house because I've Uh-oh. got a really cool HVAC system, carry infinity, awesome. Yep. Um, I had my dog door, which was my makeup air, except- oh. Little tease for you guys watching the show. My first segment I'm doing on the DIY is I put in an automatic dog door. Nice, which is really cool for the dogs. Except I just closed up my makeup air.
3: You sure did. So, <laughs> ouch. That's my next issue. My right, makeup air. Well, I'd love to talk about that yeah. one. Where Do you? This? You? And I'm surprising you with this question. Where are you putting it? Where are you putting the makeup air when it comes in? Where are you dumping it?
0: I. Right now, I haven't done that yet, so I'm not where sure. Are you going to dump it? Um. Good question. Okay. You know, uh, I have uh, my. My HVAC system, which is a gas furnace electric AC, okay. that is in the garage, but it's really close to the exterior, so I could come in, hook into that system there. Okay. There's right. some room to do that, okay. that would be one. All right. Uh-huh. Um, and there's other places in the house I can okay. hide it.
3: Yeah, there's so, we've, we've had a lot of conversations around that. It seems to be another one of those topics that no one wants to talk about because it's scary. Where yeah. do you put where you put unconditioned air, you know, yeah. which is what you're doing. Where do you dump that in? We're we're trying to work on that too because that's it's a challenge. That's, that's a big challenge. So and I'm always interested it, to hear about what people are doing with it.
0: And then my house is even more so because I have a 1200 cfm max hood in there, because yeah, I have yeah. a 48-inch Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's 1,200 a lot of basketballs going out the building. That's a lot of air. Where's it coming from, yeah. right?
3: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Luckily, I don't have
0: any other gas burning. I don't have like a gas, uh, you know, a gas water heater 100%. or something that I'm pulling in. Okay. You know, okay. I'm not okay. Yep. dragging carbon monoxide back in, yep. but I'm still pulling dirty air from the crawl space and attic space yep. or something like that. What
3: are you doing for uh, for fresh air? Do you run an ERV in your house or an ERV? Oh, I heard a yet in there. Yeah, like it's the, going to be okay. happening. So it's I know be happening. Guy. You know, <laughs> I know.
0: We'll talk about that <laughs> All right. later. All right, good. But let's talk about ERVs for a minute okay. because my biggest problem that I had with them and one i hadn't really designed it out yet it's always one of the things okay that's the next step yep but my biggest problem that i didn't like about them is i'm in wildfire country and in august september there could be a week or two where we're the worst air quality in the world sure and i didn't want to have something that i was going to have to manage on my own and go i know did i turn that off today
3: yeah no i totally get it and then
0: me turning it back on again is yeah, gonna be the worst part because right. I'm gonna forget about it.
3: Right. Or if you're not home to do it with right. your wife, you're relying on somebody else at the house to handle it. Yeah. So we're we're taking a look at that uh, in, in a really big way, a really unique way. And in fact, maybe I maybe I can announce this now. Sure. We're uh, we won today at iBiz, we won the um, best indoor product. Dude. the entire show for our Overture system, which oh. manages this problem. So let's jump into that. Let's jump into that. All right, all right, okay. So Overture is a system of, it's an automated indoor air quality system. Yeah. And it's a bunch of switches and sensors that go around your house. All the switches have sensors in them. You have sensors you can put in all over your house. You can hardwire them, you can plug them in. So we can measure air. And we all yeah. know about that now. We've all seen molecules and awares and air things. And we've mm-hmm. all heard them. They're probably here and they make cool products that tell you what's going on. Yeah. And then they tell you, okay, great. Go open your window you just told me your problem was there's a forest fire outside. Yeah. I'm not opening my window. Right? Of course not. So what, what's, your, what's your solution for that? So what we've done is we've designed the system to work with our fresh air systems to oh, say, nice. wait, there's bad indoor air quality outside. We, we look at the EPA's AQI score, the yep. air quality index. And if it says, this is no bueno, we are not, you should not be breathing this, the system will say, nope, we're going to go into recirc mode, going to shut down the fresh air supply, We're okay for a little while here. There's enough air in the home. We're not going to suffocate overnight. Like, we got some time. The system will run, and it'll still exhaust things as it needs to. And then it'll bring that fresh air in when the air quality is better.
0: Yeah, because I'll pull up on my phone, and I'm like, oh, that's bright red. That's not a good day today. You know what I mean? And that's where I was like... I'm just not that consistent to trust myself to go, okay, I'm gonna have to manually manage this. Well, and we're
3: not smart enough, let's be real. Like I am, because I work at a company that does indoor air quality. The average consumer, the average homeowner out there doesn't know, my wife doesn't know when to turn on the bath fan half the time or the range hood, always. Let me be clear, always. Every time you're in there, turn it on, leave it on for 20 minutes when you're done cooking or in the shower, whatever it is. Around the house, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
0: Welcome to the Round the House Show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Root Quencher and RootQuencher.com. If you've got trees, shrubs, bushes, and you're wasting water when you're watering them or you want to cut it back, check out RootQuencher.com. Those guys have spikes that put water right into the roots and not all over the top where it runs down the hill and doesn't end up where you want it to. You want to save money go to rootquencher.com today we are going to talk about something that is this massive tidal wave that only a handful of people are talking about and we've got andrew brown here from tool fetch but we're talking the trades today brother thanks for coming on around the house today
1: eric thanks for having me appreciate it
0: man this is such a big deal and i don't think we can talk about it enough because i tell you what i can't tell you how many times i'm seeing In schools, in high schools specifically right now, they've taken all the trades, they've removed them completely out of so many programs. Kids get forced to go to college because it's the right thing to do. And after spending a hundred grand in a college education, they get out and say, hey, I'm gonna go join the electrical union or I'm gonna go drive the Mason union. And they get into the trades and now they got a hundred thousand dollar bill that they really didn't need to have. It's crazy. What's your take on this?
1: I mean, it, it's happening all over, and you understand why there is this uh, skilled trades gap, right? There's, there's 40% of men and women retiring or are at their retirement age in the next 5 or 10 years that are leaving the industry, leaving their trade. And there's a lot of people yeah. who are not coming in. There's not enough. So there's 7 to 8 tradespeople leaving. There's one or two maybe coming in. And it's really – yeah. What's being pushed to the younger individuals? What's what's the message that's being pushed? And it's interesting, when the younger generation, when they're sitting down before they they sign on that data line for college, is there a guidance counselor saying, you know, there's another opportunity? There's maybe a skilled trades path. And I don't feel that's being spoken about because I do feel that teachers and guidance counselors are the best marketers for college right and if kids have the right information maybe maybe they'll consider a skilled trades path instead of spending 100,000 dollars not every school but around 100,000 dollars you know go to you know trade school and spend yeah. less amount of money and for a less amount of time and you could be working in an apprenticeship and making money at the same time it is incredible and i call it i call it the
0: big business of the college education And the best salespeople right now seem to be the high school teachers and guidance counselors these days. And I think they're doing such a disservice. And in another show, a couple of years ago, I brought up the the concept that I've been waving the flag for a while is that, you know, if you and I go down and get a car loan and you and I walk down or get a house loan and get a mortgage, we have to kind of prove a business plan of how we're going to pay that back, right? So- I would love to see that happen with a college education where, okay, I'm applying to go to college and I wish they would ask a couple of questions and say, all right, when you get out, what's the game plan for your career? Because there's so many people going out and getting what well, I'm going to, and I'm not going to go after a certain group here, but what I call generally junk degrees, because I see them working at Starbucks and and other places after they've spent this stuff. I wish they could actually sit there and say, hey, uh, what's the game plan to pay this back and maybe start a discussion of maybe this isn't for me and maybe I should get into the trades where I can actually be much better off and live a more comfortable lifestyle outside of my work environment.
1: Yeah, And I can attest to this because I went to college for four years and I was more confused when I came out of school than when I was in school. I started off as a programmer. I was doing C++ on the the weekends and looking at myself and looking at the people around me and saying, what am I doing? Why am I taking advanced calculus? Then I went into business. Then I went into finance. Then I went into IT. And then I had this life-changing event on 9-11, which put me in a different path for selling tools to the skilled trades. And it's just, I feel like sometimes you just don't get all the answers and you're just kind of... Going from major to major. And there are a lot of individuals, especially friends, who came out of school and are not happy with what they're doing. They're just not happy. Or they sure. switch completely and they do something completely different. But you've already put in a tremendous amount of investment into your education, but you're you go into something different. And I see that happening often.
0: It is. It is. It's crazy. And and it's I think we've got to really start with younger kids of getting them in school using their hands on stuff and teaching some common sense stuff, because, you know, those woodshop days really figured out if you were good at working your hands and if there was a passion there, because I know so many people in doing what you and I do that I go back and, you know, I'm in my early fifties, but I go back and say, when did you figure out oh it was woodshop? Cause I, I loved what I was doing. I was creating something or it was the mechanic shop or whatever metal shop, welding, whatever that was back in, you know, in that middle school slash high school age that we've just yanked that out of the schools and made those things, you know, computer labs or whatever else. But all those things are needed, but we've just created this huge skills gap, which is now hurting the public moving forward. I mean, it's great if you're going to go into the trades because as you know, as an electrician, you can go out and make six figures and work anywhere in the country. But Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner that have to hire hire the electrician go, Wow, why is that so
1: expensive? Where are all the shop classes? Where did they go? What happened? Right? I don't don't remember taking a shop class. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not too far behind you, but I don't remember taking a shop class. And if a kid has a mechanical ability or a technical spark, maybe that gets defined in a shop class that they wouldn't have noticed unless they took the shop class. But the shop class is not there. Maybe they just go to college and they do something else. So I'm all for yeah. bringing shop classes back into schools on top of if you don't go into a skilled trade, you can use those skills. They're lifelong skills, which you can apply to stuff around your house. Because I know people that won't touch anything, right? They're, not, they're oh, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not touching anything. Look, there's something to be said about something electrical and you just don't, you don't really know. And then you bring in an electrician, but there's such opportunities in the skilled trades In all these different areas. And if you apply yourself and you ride that ladder of success by attaching yourself to people who have been there and done that through mentorship, I mean, it's just unbelievable what's available today in this window. of And you'll never
0: be without work, right? You'll never be without work because I tell you what, with our massive skills gap that there is no quick fix to this. It's going to be a generational fix, right? I mean, we can't fix this tomorrow, you know what I mean? Because we we just have so many people that we, we don't have the, the programs even out there available to fix it, let alone the, the people to fill those programs. And if you're a kid right now and you're, you know, let's say if you're a parent listening to this show right now or a grandparent, this is something that should be explored because I tell you what, you can go out and be an electrician and in a few years, you're making more than the school teachers are. With less debt. With a lot less debt.
1: <laughs> with a lot less debt. With a lot less debt, and it's a shorter period of time, right? So you spend four years, maybe five years in college. You're ahead of the game yep. with less debt, and not just in value. And then, you know, I always say, eventually, maybe you buy a home, you get a mortgage. That's more debt, and more debt, mm-hmm. and more debt, and it's just you just can't get out of yeah. it. So it's a great opportunity for someone who really wants to to be in. You know,
0: Andrew, there are some great groups out there as well. There there are some small programs out there like we have here in my Portland metro area where I'm at. We have a group out in Forest Grove where they teach building houses to kids. And I mean, every school year they frame a house and then the next school year they finish it, sell it to refund the program again. And they call it the Viking house because it's the Vikings. That's the school mascot but every couple of years they're building a home. That is a beautiful model. We have a forestry program down here that is in a little town called Sweet Home out here, which is just the base of the of the Cascade Mountains where they've had a guy that's been doing YouTube videos, Manly Jobs, Blake Manly, who just left that school district. But there's like a hundred kids in this little town on this forestry program. And- Around the house, we'll be right back with my favorite episodes of 2023, Don't Go Anywhere. show. This is where I help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We got a special guest here on the line. We're doing it old school today, which I love doing this. This is fun. Craig, welcome to Around the House. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We are having a great summer here, at least in my part of the country. And of course, the radio show goes across the U.S. and the podcast is international. But you have changed... Lawn care and I
4: love this. Thank you. Yeah. Um wow that's <laughs> that's some lofty words. I, I don't know uh I don't know how much I've, I've changed it um per se, but uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a different way uh to to go about, you know, tending to your lawn uh for your average homeowner. And you know, for for a long time lawn care has been, you know, largely the same. For the last forty years you've kinda had the same options and and now it's kind of growing and evolving into something new, which is which is really interesting.
0: Well, what I love about your system is, and the first thing, you know, when I first looked at it, I'm like, all right, cool. It's a, it's a lawn care program for people to take care of the lawns. That's big. And then I went, okay, they're doing the one thing, you guys are doing the one thing that's always been a pet peeve of mine, is you have soil testing in the mix, which to me is like the basis of everything, right?
4: Oh, completely. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, all of our customers that sign up. The first thing we do is we give them a soil test because, you know, that was one of the things you're right. That was kind of the big problem was you go to this big box store and you just stare at a rack of fertilizers and you really have no idea, you know, what you're doing there (laughs) and and what to get and what not to get. Um, And really it all starts with knowing, you know, what your, what nutrients are deficient in your soil. Um, So we start with that. It's, you know, standard with every box, first and foremost, we get your plan, we'll customize, you know, your uh, your plan for you, and then we'll send you that product mix going forward that's going to make up for those deficiencies and kind of help your long drive.
0: Yeah, and that way, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You could have, you could be living out in a more desert community and have a sandy soil. You could be living in the forest and have this super acidic soil, and you don't know until
4: that test comes back, what your problems are. Oh, completely. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're all over the map, right. And depending on, on where you live, you know, there's certain types of soil, like you said, but even within, you know, you you could have a totally different soil structure than your neighbor. Right. And just, just because of, you know, years of kind of tending to your lawn you know, differently. So it it really is all important and you can't cover it with a big blanket and say, well, you know, because you're, you know, in the North, we're going to give you this kind of program you have to really dial it in to exactly uh, to every lawn. Well, that's
0: what I like you've done with Lawn Bright because I think it's just really smart to give somebody, okay, a basis. I need to do this so my, so my lawn is healthier. And we waste so much of running down to that home improvement store. You see the pallets sitting out there, fertilizer, and people just walk up because I've done the same thing over the years, walk up and go, ah, I think I'm watering my lawn enough. I have no idea what's going on that bag looks cool and it's on sale. Great. And then throw in their lawn expecting a miracle.
4: Exactly. Right. Or, Oh, it's it's summer. So I'm going to buy the summer blend or it's fall. So I'm going to get the fall stuff. Um, But it really just totally doesn't work that way. And what we find is that most people do get it wrong, right? You, you really do have to, you know, put in the time and effort to learn about this stuff in advance. and, And then, you know, it's it kind of, it, it's not exactly a science, it's not an art, it's kind of a craft, right? And if you can do it properly, it takes years and, and you'll get there eventually. But a lot of people just don't have the time uh, to invest in, in making sure they do it right. So, you know, all our products are, um, you know, all, all organic and, and natural. So there's nothing, though, you don't have to worry about any harsh chemicals going into your lawn. And that was another piece of it as well, is that we did find that a lot of this, especially new homeowners coming into the market... Uh, really cared about what was going on their lawn uh, and they, they didn't want any of that stuff that had been on there previously in the traditional sort of fertilizer market.
0: And that's great. Cause you know, there's so many issues out there with, you know, with kids and pets and everything else in the lawn, why not put something in there that's at least
4: organic? So at least, you know, what's going into the lawn. Exactly. Yeah. So all of our, um, All of our ingredients are all sourced sustainably. They're all things you can pronounce, right? They're all, you know, kelp and molasses and cedar oil. Um, And they're all things that are actually beneficial to the microbiome in your lawn, which is some things that traditional fertilizers don't take into account at all. Like you can go buy a bag of, you know, fertilizer from, from Home Depot. It's going to make your lawn look great, but it's not going to actually feed your soil. And over time you're going to need more input. So you're going to need, more fertilizer and more water just to get the same results because the microbiome is actually dying off. Um, but what we're doing is we're taking a yes. soil first approach and we're making sure that all of that stuff stays in there and actually thrives. Um, so over time, it's kind of like the opposite. So over time uh, you'll get a much better result mm-hmm. off, of, uh, off of the mob program.
0: Yeah, and a healthier lawn like that uses less water in the long run, correct? Oh, completely, yeah. So
4: I, I was actually just listening to your, you know, how to save water. Um, and, yeah, uh, getting a rain sensor on your irrigation stops on the list, but also it's the inputs that you put into your lawn, right, and how you can um, kind of adjust that over time and making sure that you know, you're putting something into your lawn that's not going to require you to, you know, go out and, and, you know, buy more fertilizer or add more, know water to it continuously
0: yeah and that's great and by the way what happened to off the shelf fertilizer prices i did a a segment for my tv show and i ran down to the home improvement store just to get a few small bags and i'm talking like the little tiny stuff if i had like a little condo lawn or something out front Mm -hmm. and i walked out of there with like three tiny bags for 70 bucks and i'm like what happened to fertilizer pricing? Because it's like five times at my stores here <laughs> what it was
4: three years oh, ago. completely, yeah, and and it was actually again like all things, right? It was kind of the pandemic that had the effect. Um, uh, synthetic nitrogen it used to be really, really cheap, and now if you go buy a bag, right, thirty yeah. percent or more of that bag is going to be synthetic nitrogen, but the price in the last couple of years has gone through the roof. Um, so, yeah. That's uh, you know, that's a huge problem. So that obviously that drives up the price of you know fertilizers across the board. Um, now the nice thing about us is we're not as price sensitive to that. We we actually use some of the lowest content of nitrogen um, in any fertilizer plant that I've seen out there. So we are, are you know sort of much less you know exposed to to that pricing
1: change.
0: Well, and that's kind of the 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 I don't know I, I don't want to call it the secret or the the perceived advantage of the -the off-the-store shelf fertilizers because it seems that those things are maybe not healthy for your lawn, but they make you feel good because they just dump a bunch of spot nitrogen on there that's going to be in there for three or four weeks. Your lawn gets nice green and thick because you've just overfed it, it seems. And then you're like, hey, wait a minute, I got to put more on it again.
4: Oh, yeah, completely. So you're going to be feeding it uh, a lot more often, and you're also going to need to feed it at the wrong time. So, uh, you know, part of, part of the system that we have is, is letting you know exactly when to put on exactly which products. Um, because if you get that wrong, and if you put on a high dose of nitrogen right now in the summer, it's really muggy where I am in, in Massachusetts, you know, you are going to have significant problems, right, telling the lawn to grow that does not want to grow. Um, so it's going to be more susceptible to fungus and more susceptible to disease. And you're actually going to cause more problems, uh, than you intended.
0: And yeah, and that makes, again, then you're, then you're tossing naturally what you do is you go, it needs more water. It needs more fertilizer. And you just keep making it worse and worse as you're kind of chasing your tail. If I understand that
4: correctly. Oh, completely. Yeah. So you're, you're going to, again, and then you're going to stop and say, you know what, (laughs) I'm going to call one of the, you know, the, the national lawn, companies in there and they're going to do you know largely the same thing they just you know, they have the knowledge and they understand you know what's going on in your lawn but you know the inputs are going to be the same and and you're going to be spending a whole lot more now right to try to do something that you try to do yourself so we're trying to actually take diy lawn care and take kind of the guesswork out of it and say you know we got we got the hard parts right we can give you the the, the right stuff to put on your lawn and we can inform you and instruct you on when it is to put it on. And then you don't have to you know, spend, people are spending 1500 you know, thousands of dollars on their uh, lawns every year yeah. going to these uh, to these companies. And, and by the way, good luck trying to cancel one because they, you know, I've heard <laughs> horror stories where they just come out anyway. It's like trying to cancel the gym yeah, membership, right. right? You have to tell them you moved to like a different country uh, to, to actually yeah. get them to cancel. <laughs> well so i'll
0: tell you this i saw this uh uh, probably four or five years ago i watched my neighbor across the street from me at my previous house and they had one of the we'll call it a green lawn care company come over there and i'm not talking about the uh like organic green but just one of those green companies Mm -hmm. out there knocked on the door came in talked to him a little bit signed up for the care service the guy runs out grabs the truck hose and then just starts spraying and i'm like you didn't even look at the soil don't go anywhere around the house we'll be right back with my favorite episodes of 2023 after these important messages